Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison and this is Dave Cribb. Ahoy, hoy, hoy. How are we? Yeah, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yes, I'm fine, thank you very much. Very, just been for a cycle. Have you? So I'm a bit post-cycle uh, at the moment, but that's fine. Have you adopted cycling during lockdown? Uh, late on in lockdown, yes. Yeah. So basically I moved house six months ago and then four, three or four months ago realised I'd left my bike at my old flat in like the car park in the basement. And then, uh, so I thought, oh, lockdown, perfect. I'll nip and pick that up. And then it took me, I'd say two months to just get round to picking it up. And it's never too late to cycle. That's what they say, isn't it? That is, that is what they say, yeah. Famous catchphrase. I just went on Netflix to watch the episode that we're talking about shortly. Yeah. My sister had been on my login when trying to find something for my nephew to watch because it said, uh, continue watching Peppa Pig. <laughs> did you? Uh, I did. did. I did you? actually put a bit of Peppa Pig on. Um, Daddy Pig had lost his glasses, Dave. Oh, mate. How did he resolve it? Well, he found them and it turns out he was sat on them, the fucking idiot. Oh, Daddy Pig, you absolute monster. Do you know who voices Daddy Pig? Do you know what? When you said that, a minute ago, Peppa Pig, I was like, I think I know a good fact about who voices Daddy Pig. And then I couldn't remember who it was, so I didn't bring it up. And now you brought it's it up. and I'm in real the... niche. Uh, okay, go on, hit me. It's Freya Ridings' dad. <laughs> I'm not sure that is what I was thinking of, to be fair. Um, okay, no, that isn't... I mean, maybe, was that what I was thinking of? Is there, a, is there a more famous person in Peppa Pig? Brian Blessed's in it. In, as, as one of the main ones? Uh, yeah, I can't remember what he is in it. Hmm. I mean, I'm I'm really maxing out my Peppa Pig knowledge here. Yes, we don't Hang have on. much, do we? Uh, you listen to Peppa Pig with friends. <laughs> Pigs uh, of Peppa. So, list of Peppa Pig characters. I did not see myself ending up on here. No, and I presume Peppa Pig's quite a UK centric thing, right? Like, our we know. Nah, got- Peppa's global. Is it? Surely. So his name's Richard Ridings and he's Daddy Pig. Brian Blessed is... Oh, sorry, I was purely looking at the pig section. Um, (laughs) Brian Blessed is Grampy Rabbit. Oh, he's a rabbit, is he? Yeah. You don't Um, think Brian Blessed and think rabbit, do you? That wouldn't be the first animal I would sort of... uh... No, I'd think pig. Yeah, well, yeah. No no disrespect. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but definitely a a big, loud pig. I'm now trying to find out whether Pepper is globally... Yes! 
Peppa is worth. <laughs> Guess how much the Peppa Pig franchise is oh, worth? Oh, I'm going to be depressed, aren't I? Peppa Pig is worth just under three billion pounds. That is insane. That is insane. Um, uh, all right, I retract my UK only thing. I just thought it was a UK thing, but I imagine loads of parents that listen to this will have been screaming, "No, you idiot! This is a big global thing." But I don't have a kid, so I don't really watch Peppa Pig. I mean, I'd say hardly ever, Pete. To be honest, does that mean my dream of a Peppa Pig um, podcast is is going to be short lived? Podcast. Pigcast. Pigcast. It's got a name and everything. Pigcast. Well, we can do Pigcast, but it would have to be one of those ones where, you know, when people do a podcast, then like one of the people's never watched it and is watching it for the first time. Yeah. I mean, I've I've only watched uh, part of an episode in which Daddy Piggly. Anyway, should we talk about friends? Yes. Although having, <laughs> said, having said that, I've had another idea for a podcast based on a oh, yeah. thing that I've just finished watching. Have you watched Shit's okay. Creek, Pete? I've, I've seen like a couple of seasons. Okay. I don't, I'm not getting full enthusiasm from you there. Uh... No, I like it. I do like it. Having just finished Shit's Creek this week, um, and I don't know what the title is because annoyingly they've taken the best Creek-based title, haven't they? I was thinking about doing All the Creeks. So it's a podcast where you compare Jonathan? episodes of Jonathan Creek, Dawson's Creek, and Shit's Creek. <laughs> Jonathan Creek has a great theme tune. It's a great, yeah, it is. Um, uh, it's by Sanson. It's called Dance Macabre. <laughs> my music degree paying off finally for once. Uh, that's the only bit I really know. That's the, I mean, that is the tune, isn't it? You've obviously nailed it. Well done, mate. Um, so there you go. If there's any support for my Creek Spread podcast, and again, I imagine Dawson's and Shits is quite global. Are you just talking TV programs? Uh, Jacob's Creek is off of wine. <laughs> okay, Creeks with Creek, and oh, maybe that's it. So I drink Jacob's Creek, and we can get a sponsorship deal whilst yeah. analysing episodes of Dawson's Shits and Jonathan. Um, <laughs> Do you think there's any crossover between Jonathan Creek and uh, and Shit's Creek? I imagine, yeah. So I think the Venn diagram would be, I'd say, a fairly high crossover between Shit's and Dawson's, based on people that grew up with Dawson's <laughs> and have recently yeah, watched. I, Shits. I think I think Jonathan is really on the periphery. I think Jonathan's the curveball, but then I also think that brings an edge to the podcast that might not otherwise exist. You know? Question: Do I edit this out or do I leave all this? No, it's in? all in, mate. Why would you edit it out? What are you, what are you fucking talking about? This is my pitch my main potential listener base pete is the people that listen to our podcast sure so uh, because that's by far the highest number of people that pay any attention to anything i do so i would really like uh like a, a showing of support perhaps or just you know just like a, a gauge of interest um, what would you like people to tweet or comment on our instagram just getting just interested? just um no you need a hashtag you need to give them a hashtag oh, uh, yeah uh, just just hashtag Creek. What? Uh, uh, hashtag, hashtag Creek. Hashtag, no, I'll go on to a better one. The problem is, is that it's hard to think of a funny name with Creek in it because Shit's Creek is literally yeah. its own joke, isn't it? Yeah. That's the problem. The Creek, Creaky, 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 oh, cre- Creaky Blinders. That's what we'll call it. No one has ever said Creek this much. Get in touch with Creek, Creek and a thumbs up. That's all I want. Or just send me a picture of Jonathan Creek. That's what you need to do. Just send yeah, me like a that. picture That's of good. Jonathan Creek. And if you're British, you'll know exactly who that is. And if you're not British, enjoy your rabbit hole exploration of the world of Jonathan Creek, which might be one of the best television programs ever made. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So um, uh, on that note, Pete, should we talk about Friends? Yes. I, th- I mean, I think we really <laughs> almost have to. Yeah. Okay. Here we go.
Anyway, friends, uh, thank you to Steve for suggesting this week's episode of Friends. And here he is. Hey guys, it's Steve in London here. Big fan of the pod. Thank you so much for doing this, uh, continuing it through uh, lockdown. It's been really great. It's really helped me uh, escape uh, everything. My episode I'd like to nominate is uh, Season 9, Episode 20, uh, the one with the soap opera party. It's a bit weird, basically, that a big group of friends don't question why Joey sends them away every year and he doesn't go. Just find it really odd. Uh, the roof seems to have grown since the last time we were on, on it, um, since the Bapstein Comet episode. Remarkable uh, growth. And um, I don't get how Chandler doesn't realise until the last minute that none of his friends are showing up. He realises not until she starts performing. Um so, more fall on him, really. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a nice few things to talk about. But, yeah, thanks a lot for doing it, and uh, keep up the amazing work. Cheers. I like how Steve says, thanks a lot for doing it, like like we've, I don't know, given him a lift to town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, in many ways, we have given him a lift to town, metaphorically, uh, because nobody can given go to town. Given him a lift to podcast town. Exactly, mate. Nobody can go to town, so they have to One settle with podcast town. podcast town. <laughs> Um, the only thing he hasn't mentioned there, synopsis-wise, is Ross meeting Charlie for the first time. Um, yeah, and also Rachel desperately wanting to get with Joey. Where do you want to start, then? Well, it's a bit different, this, isn't it? Because it's not really an A, B and a C. It's just all, they're all sort of together, apart from Chandler, who's at a play. Start at the beginning and set the whole thing up. So, um, as Steve mentioned, Joey's set them up to all go to the theatre, and we later learn that this is something he's been doing every year for presumably at least nine years, maybe longer, because he lived there before Friends started. Rachel lists off those things that Joey's packed them off to do, and they, there's some pretty... I mean, they they should have been suspicious already, shouldn't they, really? I can't believe that there wasn't an episode about the nighttime tour of the Button Factory. I I can understand why you wouldn't want your work friendship group and your out-of-work friendship group to mix sometimes. Like, you may have people that you just think they just won't get on. Right, and he's got his reservations, hasn't he? Especially about Rachel, and he should have reservations about Monica, it turns out, because she isn't cool either in this situation. What I would say about that is he doesn't have to have the party at his flat on his roof, right? If he no. wants to throw a party, he could just hire a venue. He's got he's got TV money now. Just hire a venue in town, get everyone to go there, don't tell your friends. Say, oh, it's a work a work do. See you tomorrow, you know? I hope nobody at the party moves that pipe that's keeping the door open. <laughs> well, exactly. Other- otherwise, they're there for a very long time, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. Uh, it's, it's odd that we don't see more roof parties, considering this seems like such an obvious thing. Like Steve says, it does seem to have grown some, doesn't it? And it's quite a classy party, this It's very party. sophisticated. How yes. has Joey pulled this off all on his own? Well, there's also a sign behind... Did you notice this sign behind Joey on the yeah, wall? nobody can come on the roof without sort of um, permission by someone, right? Manager approval, yeah. which... If if a roof party is allowed, I'd, I'd say that rule is, is pretty slack and rarely enforced. Yes, no one's allowed on the roof unless you want to throw a massive fucking party with loads yeah. of people that don't live in this building. Big party involving alcohol on a roof, yeah. absolutely fine. <laughs> but anything, anything other than that, not allowed. Absolutely, I'm not allowed. Um, the other thing about this is that he, so he sends them off to the theatre, right? And previously sent them off to this medieval times restaurant and the, and, and the button factory. I mean, I'm sure the button factory tour didn't last all night. But what I'm kind of getting at here is 
what time is Joey anticipating his party will finish if he thinks sending them off to the theatre, which famously finishes around 10pm, will be enough cover? Do you know what I mean? You know, here's the thing about roof parties, Pete, and it's never referenced, really, in any films or TV. So my previous flat was in a um, tall building with a really nice roof garden, right? I think it's a dreamy idea to have people up there for drinks there's no bathroom up there so even once they're back from the play presumably every time someone needs to go to the bathroom they're nipping into joey's apartment for it right but what i'm saying is by the time rachel gets back from the play and goes to bed apparently and joey's already in bed what's what's happening when soap opera stars start going to a toilet would she not have noticed something was wrong when p- people she hadn't met kept coming into use a bathroom i mean no no surprise really it's a joey based plan so sure it's, it's full of flaws and holes but you know all i'm saying is he's been doing this every year what happens when they get back from the button factory how has he managed to keep that going what are his toilet arrangements what are his toilet arrangements peter but anyway so he sends them off to this play uh, his agent has arranged tickets for them apparently which is one of the only things Estelle's ever really done, I'd say. <laughs> so the five of them sort of decide they will go, but then one by one they all just realise there's this party and they're going to stay for the party, right? Mm-hmm. And then Chandler ends up going, imagine this, you're going to the theatre with your pals. Probably what you do is meet them for a drink before. Yes, I- I'll meet you in the seats is not how you'd, you'd do it, is it? Ne- especially when you live with them. Yes. Like, you live with them all, basically, on the same corridor. So, ah. Uh, Worst, you'd meet them outside the theatre. Who's got the tickets? Has Chandler got all the tickets? In which case, how's he got in? Have they all got their own ticket? It's weird to to meet at the seats. And like Steve says, it's as the play is starting that he's like, hang on, the lights where is everyone? Go, the lights go down as he's thinking it, don't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The cell phone is very much a, a feature of this episode in that Charlie's cell phone rings. Yeah, true. Uh, so cell phones do exist. At some point, he would have probably text monica at least yeah but like where the hell are you uh why don't you like me this is an absolutely classic friends trope isn't it like a little friends meme that um we all know this why don't you like me chapter one my first period yeah uh the actor in the play uh she's called alex borstein and she is in uh, the marvelous mrs Maisel, which you might have seen oh uh, yeah Prime. Uh, that's one of her most recent big roles uh you will not have seen her though but you will know her voice peter from the popular cartoon show Family Guy. Who is she in Family Guy? She's Lois. Is she really? Yeah, Lois Griffin in Family Good Guy. Good fact. The only other thing to note about the play is that, and I'm, you know, yes, it's a sitcom, blah, blah, blah. But at one point, Chandler replies to yes. the actor who is on stage clearly asking a rhetorical question as part of the play and also later when he tricks monica and phoebe into watching it yeah um the play starts she says her opening line and then he's like ha see you later and runs out which <laughs> again incredibly rude poor theater etiquette from chandler Very i suggest poor. On every level. When he does run out, she stops the play as well. She looks at him, obviously, because he's in the front row. Uh, and st- Yeah, he plays a really long game, doesn't he, Chandler, in tricking them into going? He does, and he really waits until the final moment to escape. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it would have been much easier for him to just nip to the loo three minutes before it starts, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, he, but he plays a long game because he comes back to the party, he pretends he likes it, he tells Monica all about it. Like, he's really thought this through by this stage, hasn't he? There is actually, when did you notice this? A couple of uh, off-colour jokes right at the start of this episode where 
Joey's trying to get them to go to the theatre and Ross basically says something along the lines of, oh, two hours of listening to a woman talk. That sounds shit. Bloody women complaining like they always do. (laughs) And then we get the Phoebe, which the Phoebe's one is more of an obvious joke where she's like, oh yeah, we've already got the vote and we can drive. What more do these broads want? Which is (laughs) like clearly more of a tongue-in-cheek joke. But the Ross one is pretty much that, isn't it? He pretty much goes... Oh, what? A woman talking? That sounds dog shit. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, we are reiterating the views of Ross Geller and not... A hundred percent. hundred percent. And by flagging them up, hopefully it's it's implied heavily that we do not agree with Absolutely. those views. So we've got the whole Rachel and Joey thing, haven't we, here? The undercurrent. It's all, it's all kicking off now. Well, Rachel gets... Right at the start, Rachel gets sort of flustered doesn't she by joey because he, he touches to move her out the way in the living yep. room um monica asks rachel who do you want to fool around with well rachel only has three male friends <laughs> one is yeah. her ex one is monica's husband so <laughs> yeah. i really don't think that question should be necessary for monica she should be able to work that out by process of elimination does she think it's gunther yeah <laughs> Maybe she does. Maybe fi- Rachel's finally come round. But yes, she does ask her, I'd say, a completely unnecessary question at this point. I also like that, that Monica... This happens a couple of times, actually. Monica leads Rachel out into the hall for a quiet word. <laughs> yeah. um, as if that wouldn't arouse any suspicion that they've yeah. left the flats to talk about something. <laughs> and then it happens a bit later as well when she says, Rachel, can I see you for a second? She moves her to a completely... Se- like, that is not... That's, there's no subtlety there at all. No, especially because the conversation Monica and Rachel are having in the apartment, Joey is completely oblivious to. Yes. Like, he's, he wouldn't overhear, even if they were to talk at a low volume. He's got no interest in, in that. He is completely distracted elsewhere. Um, but that scene in the hall is very funny. I really enjoy Rachel. She makes up the name of the couple and then has to sort of, you know, it's just like, oh, they're friends. And then I love the, the bake the ingredients bit. Too. And the ingredients where she improvises the recipe when Joey walks out. Yeah, it's a really strong jennifer aniston uh scene that i think she then discovers that the party is happening and the, the, the play is fake rachel's the catalyst for the taking down the the pretense isn't she because of jan stupid jan rogers and then rachel manages to talk her way into the party and then in an interesting decision gets dressed then puts on her dressing gown and then goes across to sort of say i'm ill and this is all part of the weird friends uh, social dynamic joey basically flashes a stranger and his friends um because he has got nothing on under his dressing gown but why does joey need to go across the hall to tell people he's going to bed like he's a he's a <laughs> he's a grown man like they know he's having an early night he doesn't need to go across and do all this up oh, i'm turning in guys it's weird and rachel's the same why if she was really ill drop a text to monica going i'm really sick i'm in bed already and be in your bedroom you know yeah, you don't need to sort of showcase your illness, no. do you? No, she's, she's, she's flown too close to the sun there and has Icarist it, absolutely Icarist it. Rather than say, oh, I've got food poisoning, she goes, oh, I've got this chicken disease. I can't come out, I've got a poorly tongue. Yes, well, exactly. But if you basically heavily imply at any point that you're just shitting yourself loads, people are like, yeah, cool, do you know what? I don't need the details of that. All the best, enjoy your night. Cool, see you later. Yeah. We'll catch up in a couple of days. But instead, no, she, she's like this really, like, really strangely niche disease out of nowhere, which, of course, Charlie and, and probably Ross know is, 
is only uh, something that affects chickens and poultry. And then Monica obviously rumbles her and they don't, you know, it all it all breaks down in classic friend style very quickly, doesn't it? There's also a bit where they're on the roof and Rachel's been collecting a few people's numbers. Hmm. And Joey asks if Rachel's slutty. That's his word, yeah. not mine. I, I would say that there is literally nothing slutty about writing a phone number on a napkin. Like that that's not that's not sort of inherently promiscuous, is it? No, yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? Considering Friends is so um theoretically progressive in this in this vein, you know, even from season one it was very like women can go out and date and, and sleep around and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, it does feel like it sort of slips slightly back into a much more conservative mindset, doesn't it? Oh, being a little slutty talking to men at a party, are you? What a tart. <laughs> the other thing about the party is uh the way that Joey's standing by the door greeting people. Like I, I know it's his party, but it's not an event like a, a theatre or something that starts at a specific time. Like, you don't just stand by the front door, do you, at a house party, if you're hosting a party, because... Well, also, who's who's letting them in the building if they're all on the roof? What's the bloody system here, Pete? That's, ex- How are they getting that's in? exactly my question. And and why, is Joey just standing there all night, or is he just at some point go, do you know what, if you arrive after 10pm, you do not get a personal greeting and handshake at the door from Joey Tribbiani? It is quite a sophisticated pie, isn't it? Because it's like a table set with loads of glasses on it and things. And yeah, like, it's like cocktails, decorated. and it's like yeah. it's, it's, it's all really nice and like it's not just what I would expect from a Joey party. Is he's bought ten crates of beer and put them in a bag of crisps, yeah, and put yeah. them in a nice bucket and a bag of crisps, exactly. But no, there's 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 furniture up there, Pete. The, the people sitting yeah. at a table in chairs. There's there's other tables with food on. There's high stools and all this sort of stuff. Um, he's really he's really kitted it out. And there's music playing. Yeah. All the roof rules been thrown out the window, aren't they? I am amazed that, that whoever the, the building manager is, it was approved this. Trigger, mate. Trigger's absolutely Trigger, loves the party. Yeah. Surprised he's not there. Maybe Joey did a dance with him again <laughs> to get permission to, to do the party. You want a house party? Yep, that'll be a salsa and a tango, please. <laughs> My name's Jason Fleming. The More Than My Past podcast will see me talking to a wide range of inspiring people. People who have confronted and overcome addiction or imprisonment or both and turned their lives around. I did mad things that was hurting myself and hurting other people. Everybody grows up in a house called normal. Heroin addiction and chaos was my normal. Some people don't understand the word moderation and uh, I was definitely one of those people. The More Than My Past podcast. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, so let's rewind a bit now because everything converges, doesn't it, at the end at the party, the whole Ross, Charlie, Joey, Rachel thing. But before yeah. that, we have to meet Charlie. This is the first time we meet Charlie. and I like Charlie. Yeah, big fan of Charlie, mate. Absolutely big fan of Charlie. And I think very early on, she's given, she's given like the punchline in, in the scene at the table when they go to the other professor and things. Like very early on, she's made to feel like, more of an ongoing character because she's sort of given a bit more of a platform than most guest stars get. Yeah, and unlike she's given a bit of agency, isn't she, herself? Yeah, that's the thing. She's she's her own... She's introduced as this smart, she's funny, she's attractive. She's You know, she's given a really good setup by the writers, hasn't she? In the sense of, like, here's a great person, go, rather than, oh, it's Janice. She's got a funny laugh. Let's all laugh at her. You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, she's she's funny, she's very intelligent, she's very glamorous, um, great all round. No wonder everyone likes her so much. Absolutely. And this is apparently one of the things David Schwimmer was pushing for, because especially towards the end of Friends, it was getting very, very eggy that it was so white. And um, he said, I want my character to date more uh, women of colour, which he'd been saying sort of all the way through the series, hence Julie. And, you know, he's uh, David Schwimmer was apparently very influential sort of behind the scenes in going, guys... We need to we need to unwhite this a bit, which is a bit mad that it was down to one of the the stars to to do that. Like that, that it yeah. was only him. Well, not only him, not exclusively yeah. him. I'm sure, but I've never read sort of a uh, an explanation for it that I've been convinced at all by. In the sense, I've read a couple of books about the casting process and you know how it was all all came to be, and it seems to be the basic vibe was like. Yeah, we like we auditioned loads of different people, but it just so happened that all the ones that were the best were these white guys uh, and everyone at the time. You know, even in nineteen ninety four, were going like a bit white, isn't it? And I, I just I've never read any anything convincing past sort of the producers going, "Yep, yep, dropped the ball there a bit, didn't we?" Like yeah, it was it's kind of unforgivable that a show yeah. should go for ten seasons and not do better. Yeah, and it's not like we're, talk- we're talking about Friends like it was in the past. And it is in the past. It's nearly 30 years ago now, isn't it? B- but it still was in 1994. It's, it's, you know, it's not like we're talking about something that started in 1942. Yeah. And we're like, yes, well, it was just the time then. It was still very much a time when there were a lot of people of colour on the television. And yeah, it's abso- it is absolutely, uh, absolutely unforgivable, lads. Ross has been set up to meet these two new professors. He's he's worried because they're all going to be boring and stuffy and old, blah, 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 as indeed one of them turns out to be. Um, Named? Uh, <sighs> Professor... No, go on. Spafford. Spafford. Which is a, a awful name. Awful name. Awful name. And they don't give him... I mean, he is... He gets a rum deal, this character, doesn't he? They go for food with him. Mm. And Charlie and Ross are both like really openly like he, let's not kid around like he is exceptionally boring. Yes, and unself-aware, and keeps talking, and he's sort of a bit rude in his own mannerisms in the sense that he just carries on with his stories all the time. You know, he's he, he's socially unaware, I'd say. But they are rude about him to his face. Like 
Ross says, oh, there's more at one point when he carries on talking. Yeah. And then Charlie says, playing it fast and loose with the word interesting. Like They are really blunt and rude about him being boring to his face. That line is great. And I use that quite a lot. That's one of the lines that yeah. I've taken from friends and use in my everyday life. Uh, but yeah, and not only that, they bloody ditch him. Yes. Like that is just fucking mean, isn't it? And ditch it, isn't he coming to work with them? Yeah, yes. <laughs> so, so when he what? when he sees him at work the next day, you'd forgive him for being like, hang on, guys, where the fuck did you go? What harm would there have been in him coming back from the bathroom and then spending five more minutes and just going, oh, well, I've got a meeting, bye. You know, that would have been fine, right? Other thing that's mental is Ross takes Charlie to Monica's apartment. So he introduces Charlie oh. to his sister and Phoebe on her first day of work. Like, Ross only met her today. Yep. And then he's at a party acting a little bit possessive about her. Uh, like, they've spent the whole day together, which is, it, it's a lot. I was thinking that. it'd be w- So this starts when they first um, meet Charlie. in. Cent- so Ross has arranged to meet them in Central Perk. For, for, for a start, is just like... Just arrange them to meet somewhere a bit more professional, not where you hang out with your sister and your pals, who are also there. And during that initial interaction, Monica says to Chandler, is he going to introduce us? And I was like, why would he? This is, <laughs> this is a work meeting that he's, like, bizarrely arranged behind the couch. But, like, why would he go, oh, by the way, welcome to New York, welcome to NYU, visiting professor, I'm your new colleague, this is my sister, and her husband, who I went to college with. Like, fucking weird. And then, like you say, it would have been unprofessional and weird enough if he'd have invited her back to his apartment after the t- after this tour, right? If he'd have gone, hey, do you want to come back to mine for a drink? Yeah. And like, maybe if they were vibing. But clearly, they're not vibing enough, are they? Because of what happens in the end here. Like, it's not like Charlie's got her eyes on Ross at this stage. Also, when Monica says... Is he going to introduce us? No, no, Monica, he's not, he's not going to do that now. Uh, just wait till later when he brings her to your apartment <laughs> yeah. and he'll introduce you to her then. So what was the pitch to her? Well, this has been a nice day. Like, um, like I'd say at most you'd be like, do you want to go for a drink? Shamine, you go for a drink, a social drink, you know, like, oh. I could get that. that that's plausible. A, a big leap is, do you want to come back to my apartment? And then that's a bit, there's very heavy insinuations there. But it's fucking out of this world mad for him to go, do you want to just come uh, to my sister's apartment and meet her and all my friends? Yeah. Mad. Absolutely unforgivable, Ross. And then Charlie uh, doesn't find this particularly weird. And that's kind of, I guess she's going with the flow and she's being nice to the new people she's going to work with. And then when they discover the party, there's not even a question about whether Charlie stays for the party, is there? Of course she's going to stay, mate. Why wouldn't she stay for the party? There is actually, within the Ross storyline in this... There's a nice Phoebe moment where she goes out of her way to sit down next to Ross purely just to, like, talk him up and build him up so he's confident enough to ask Charlie out. Like, she sits down next to him and says, then why are you worried about asking Charlie out? Like, you're great and you're really funny and you're really smart and everything. Mm. And, like, there, are, she doesn't even have that many funny lines in that conversation. She's literally just there to talk up Ross. And that's quite nice. Yeah, it's. I think it's a really strong Phoebe episode, even though she's barely in it. So that's a really nice moment. And then she has two great lines, which are basically the same joke, but where she uh, has memorised the names of studies, paleontological studies, yes. you know? And the bit where she first says it to Charlie, that's, that is just really well done. She's got some really nice moments. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Phoebe's being a great friend in this ep. But Phoebe's doing this, isn't she, because uh, Ross is... Basically, Ross is completely insecure once he learns that Charlie's basically only ever dated men with Nobel Prizes. So he's 
immediately sort of gone into his shell and thinks he's not good enough for Charlie. He goes to talk to Phoebe. Meanwhile, Rachel has decided after slutting it up with the phone numbers on the napkins, uh, she's decided she's going to kiss uh, Joey um, and has told Monica that. And then they both make this decision at the same time. Uh, and then they obviously both go to find the respective uh, people and in the corner making out, aren't they, Pete? In the corner of the little roof party, having a kiss. Bit teenage house party, them two just... Very much so. Necking in the corner of this quite classy party, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's, you know, look, each to their own. You do what you want, but it does feel like... No, it doesn't feel like that sort of party. Definitely not yet, anyway. Still feels like early days, people having a few drinks and a nice chat. I can remember being at a, a, a work party once, and uh, there was two people getting off... Like, just sort of, like you say, getting with each other in a sick form house party type way. And mm. all of us just being like, what the hell? What's going on over there? And that's why I feel like it would be like at the party. Like, people would be commenting on that kiss. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the only people kissing or the only people not just having a few chats, you know? Um, but then, yeah, so it sets up this whole Joey and Charlie thing, which obviously leads into the Barbados and all that. But, yeah, that is the, that's the genesis of this, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Charlie, I'm, I'm a fan of Charlie. Big fan of Charlie. Also we like part Charlie. of one of my favourite episodes in the one where Ross is fine. Yes. Charlie equals good. Signed, Dave and Pete. Yes. There you go. The one with the soap opera party. D-O-N and also E. Thank you, Steve, for your suggestion. Thank you, Steve. Um, should we put in a date for the next quiz now, Pete? Because we keep doing it just the week before and I think it's good that people can diarise it. I think we said it, didn't we, on a... Um, on the end of the last quiz, but it's going to be the last Sunday in August, right? Which is the 30th, 30th of August. Sunday the 30th of August, which is also a bank holiday weekend. So you can get pissed. So we can all have a beer or a non-alcoholic alternative. Yes. Um, uh, but yes, it'll be Sunday the 30th, 8pm British time. Pop it in your diaries now, and then we don't have that thing, which we always do, basically, where on the Wednesday before the quiz we go, oh, we should really uh, post it on the internet that yeah. we're doing a quiz <laughs> really sort a quiz out really sort a quiz out so there you go diarise it sunday 30th of august the next friends with friends friends quiz on instagram um good fun will be had i really had a, had a lovely time on sunday on the quiz it was good fun wasn't it yeah lot of fun um until then we'll be doing more episodes each week uh, keep your episode suggestions coming we've got a big old list that we're working our way through so apologies if you have submitted one and we haven't got to it yet it's not that we've forgotten we've added it to the list uh, and we will get to it we promise yes just yeah because um Steve, he's been very patient because i think it's been like two months since he's yeah, <laughs> That's his. yeah and we've still got some since then you know so thanks um, Steve. thank you Steve. but do drop us a Cheers, tweet thanks, friends Steve. wf or thanks, mate. Cheers, Steve. <laughs> You're still saying thanks to Steve? Yeah, I'm just reiterating it. Oh, yeah, thanks, Steve. Cheers, Steve, mate. Um, friends WF on Twitter, at FWFpod on Instagram, or Facebook, facebook.com forward slash friendspod. Da, 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 da. See you next week, Pete. Goodbye, Dave, and goodbye, Steve. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.